Welcome to Poets and Writers. We have another great show for you and a great guest today here on Poets and Writers, WEHC 90.7, coming to you from the beautiful Emory and Henry College campus. We have an excellent writer, and he also has his own show here on WEHC 90.7, Doug Pote. Am I saying that right, Doug? Yes, you are, Henry, and thank you very much for having me on your show today. It's great to be here. Well, as we like to ask on poets and writers and around this valley, where are you from, Doug Pote? Well, I am from a small town in Massachusetts called Sturbridge, Massachusetts. And what's interesting about Sturbridge is uh, in Sturbridge they have Old Sturbridge Village, which is a colonial, which is a a, uh, a recreated colonial village of the period 1800 to 1850, covered bridges, uh, ox drawn. Uh, plowing the fields, blacksmith shop, grist mill, all that. And people from Sturbridge can go there for free. When I was 10 years old, I took full advantage of that. Almost every day in the summer, I would go with my dog, my bike, my fishing pole, and that was my playground on the covered bridges, the mill ponds, and everything. And so that gave me a great appreciation for the way life used to be. So we could say you grew up in a small town in nature. Is yes. that correct? That's All right. right. Now, yep. But you've traveled around, so, you know, you know so much about the folk life of this area, and you also have—you were a physician, correct? So talk a little bit about that. Uh, All right. Well, yes, uh, I'm family me, physician, retired for almost two years now, but I was privileged to be— uh, a physician here in this area for 39 years, practicing in Smith and Washington County, and was privileged to have many, many, many wonderful patients. And uh, it was just, you know, it's just a great career. So you came here as a physician up around Marion, is that right? Or That's right. Abingdon yeah. and Marion yeah. also. Well, I first heard about this doctor who had written keep on the sunny side. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell the listeners out there who follow poets and writers, I knew the Carter family, as many of you do, and I knew Jeanette quite well. And so I was skeptical that there was going to be a play. And I talked to Jeanette about it. She said, no, Henry, it's really good. Said, uh, we met with this doctor and said, he's the guy that wrote it. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into that. And then we'll talk about some of the other things in your life. So, folks, it's coming up again, uh, going to be on Barter again stage. I saw it. How many years ago did I see it with Eugene Wolf? And, and Doug wrote it. Doug wrote it. So how many years? Uh, well, the first uh, Barter has, this will actually be the fifth time, I mean, excuse me, the sixth time that, that uh, Barter is doing Keep on the Sunny Side. It first did it in 2002, 2003, 2005, 2007, 2015, and then, of course, this year. It's actually the most popular play that Barter has ever developed mm -hmm. themselves in their 90-year history. So I'm very proud of that. And, you know, I think a lot of the reason why people love Keep on the Sunny Side so much is the Carters themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they are just extremely wonderful, um, likable people. They're welcoming people. They're, and then, of course, the Carter songs. You know, people might not know a lot of their songs, but if once they, they hear them in the play, they realize that the Carter family songs are just so beautiful and so poetic. Okay. And so, you know, the play just captures people. They want to see it again and again, and, uh, you know, it just, it just has magic, quite frankly. Well, here is a man that comes from Massachusetts, right? Mm -hmm. And you come down and you 
certainly transition into the culture, so mm-hmm. to speak. Talk a little bit how you came to write Keep on the Sunny Side. Well, really, you know, honestly, I don't really think of myself as a writer, even though, um, you know, even though I've written three plays that have been done at Barter Theater, Keep on the Sunny Side about the Carter family, Man of Constant Sorrow about Ralph and Carter Stanley. Absolutely. And America's Blue Yodeler about Jimmy Rogers. Wow. But, you know, it all comes from my love of music. Um, You know, growing up, I was basically a math and science guy, but I've always loved music. And I like reading about music and learning about music history. And so in the course of that, you know, I've discovered the Carter family. And um, well, now you say you discovered them. You discovered them through the music, or did you have well? I'll tell you, probably the first valley, and you met her. No, well, the first thing was probably uh, when the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band's "Will the Circle Be Unbroken" Mm -hmm. album came out in 1971, and of course they had invited a lot of country music stars to appear on that album, um, including Maybelle Carter. And she sang, I'm thinking tonight of my blue eyes, Wildwood Flower, Keep on the Sunny Side. And I noticed that all those songs, you know, were, were credited to A.P. Carter. And then uh, a few years later, when I bought Emmylou Harris's Greatest Hits mm-hmm. album, and she had that song, Hello Stranger, mm-hmm. again, written by A.P. Carter. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, thinking to myself, well, who is this A.P. Carter guy? And um, I bought a book uh, by Rolling Stone magazine uh, that listed, uh, it was an album guide. So if you wanted to buy, like, say, one Fats Domino record, you could read about Fats Domino and, you know, pick out the, the one album you wanted to buy. And so when I read about the Carter family in that, you know, they really talked about that, the Carter family as being the beginning of country music. And um, I thought, well, you know, these people were really pretty special. And then when I moved up here from Winston-Salem mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and realized the Carters from around were around mm-hmm. here, I mean, that just sparked my interest even more. So, of course, I did go up to the Carter fold. Uh, I met J- Jeanette Carter. And actually, at one point, I wrote a radio show uh, that was on WMEV in Marion and uh, where I was able to talk a little bit about the Carter Carter's, of course, AP, you know, picking and writing the songs. Absolutely. Sarah having a beautiful voice. Maybell with her very unique, uh, innovative guitar style. And um, plus played Carter family songs, but more modern versions of them. People like Dolly Parton singing them, Emmylou Harris, Linda Ronstadt, John Prine, and these, this is the way I learned the Carter family, because in the 80s, when I became interested in them, you know, you, you just couldn't go out and buy Carter family records. Correct. So I used to look in the radios, in the record stores, and try to find songs that were written by A.P. Carter, and they were usually done by someone else. And so that is really the way I learned the Carter family's music. Now, to me, back then, it seemed like, you know, I thought that the Carters were very special, but... No one, no one here in Southwest Virginia seemed to really appreciate, you know, that. Uh, I mean, they did, right. but I just didn't know those people. Mm-hmm. So um, then when, uh, when uh, Fred McClellan, Leighton Harding, and Tim White right. started the Birthplace of Country Music Alliance mm-hmm. in 1994, mm-hmm. I opened the Bristol paper, 
and I saw them standing in front of uh, Tim's mural saying they were going to start that organization. I said, that is the organization for me. So I joined the BCMA, and of course, we, we did what we could to promote this area's considerable, beautiful musical heritage. And we were having our meetings on the stage of the Paramount Theater in Bristol. Yes, yeah. Well, one day, probably around 1995, Rick Rose came to one of the meetings. Okay. And he said that the barter mm. would be interested in doing uh, plays based on the area's musical heritage. So, of course, right away, I thought about the Carter family. And um, I thought, well, this would, I think this would be a great play. I just need someone to write it. So I kept that idea in my head for six years, from 1995 to 2001. And my wife and I went to see um, Smoke on the Mountain at, at Barter Theater in 2001. And I saw Rick Rose out in the lobby and I said, well, did you ever think about doing a play about the Carter family? And he said, oh, yeah, man, we would really love to do that. I mean, that would be fabulous. So I said, well, look, I'm not a writer, but I do know a lot about the Carter family. And if you ever get around to doing it, I think I could help you. So he took my name and email. And then I went home and I thought, you know, maybe if I wrote an outline, this would help them get started. Right. And then I thought. Well, actually, I do know how a couple of these scenes should go. So I wrote four scenes and the outline. And about that time, I got an email from Rick, and he said, you know, I've got your name um, and email address, and for the life of me, I can't remember why. How about that? <laughs> Rick is so busy, I mean, yeah. you know, and so involved in so many things. So you're coming up, folks, we're talking with Doug Pote today on Poets and Writers, and he wrote the famous play, Keep on the Sunny Side, and we're talking about how this developed, and I'm just fascinated by it because I will tell you, I was a non-believer, so to speak, until I saw it, and of course, I knew the Carter family, as many of you do, and, and knew Dale, of course, and, mm -hmm. and so it's so interesting, Doug, to talk with you today. So Rick Rose got involved with you, and so now we're getting into putting it on paper. Go for it. Yeah. Well, um, when um, when I got that email from Rick, of course, it was, you know, just I said, well, we talked about a Carter family play, and I've actually written an outline and uh, some scenes, and so I'd like to submit that to you. So I did, and they looked it over, and they said, you know, we really like this, and we want you to finish this. So I went home, and I thought, well, you know, I, you know, I better get, get to work on this. Mm -hmm. Well, about that time, Rick had the idea for the Appalachian Festival of Plays and Playwrights, which, of course, you know, still exists to for this sure. day. For sure. And it was supposed to be uh, plays with Appalachian themes or by Appalachian writers. Okay. So, of course, this would, you know, this would fit for both. So... Uh, they said, okay, well, your play has been selected for the Appalachian Festival and Plays and Playwrights, which was their, very, yeah, their very first one. I said, well, I guess you realize I haven't written this play yet. They said, well, we thought you'd written it. So I said, well, <laughs> uh, it will be written. Absolutely. So the, the festival was, I think, in July. And um, so I wrote, you know, I wrote the script as best I could. And the night before uh, the reading... 
at, of course, at the Appalachian Festival mm-hmm. Playwrights, they, they select plays to, to read. And so they're read by actors and uh, before a live audience. Now, you know, there's no set. There's no, uh, co- you know, no, no costumes or anything like that. It's just read by actors. And this uh, gives you, uh, the writer, an opportunity to, to see what's going to work in that play. You know, when people are, are moved, when people, you know, if, if things are funny or, or whatever. So it's really a great thing for the writer. So um, the night before, my sister-in-law and I read the entire script. She read the female parts. I read the male parts. You know, we didn't crack a smile. And, of course, to me, you know, this was serious stuff. I mean, well, this is my love. Absolutely. The Carter family. Absolutely. I want you to feel about the yeah. Carters and their music the way I do. Yeah. Well. But Rick didn't see it that way. Well, I'm jumping no. ahead. The reason I've auditioned with Rick. I've yeah. got a story about everything. Go for it. Keep okay. going now. So when the reading came about, uh, one of the actors named Mike Ostrowski, who is a great actor at Carter, mm-hmm. uh, he played A.P. Carter. And Mike is the type of guy, he's very gregarious. He's got a little grin on his face a lot of the time. And, uh, I mean, the way he played AP, it wasn't wrong, but it brought Mm -hmm. out a lot of the humor in the script. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't really see it. I thought, I was thinking, well, maybe some of this stuff might be a little amusing, but Mm -hmm. I didn't think people would Life's tragic, but it ain't serious. Yeah. You know, the old Irish proverb. Yeah. So, uh, so people were actually, you know, they were laughing. And so at the end of it, Rick turned to me and he said, well, you must be very proud of yourself. <laughs> but I was kind of paranoid because <laughs> I'm thinking, like, well, do well, they what? think I'm making fun yeah. of the Carters here? Yeah. So I talked to a lot of people. and Now, you had talked to Jeanette and so on about it oh, by yeah. this time and talked with the Carter. Many well, I, I interviewed Jeanette when I did that radio okay, show. Okay, that's right. But probably really hadn't shared the script mm. with the Carters at okay. this point. But through that, I came to realize that, you know, if we could add humor to this, Correct. that would just really increase the entertainment value. And, of course, when you're doing a play, you have to remember, you know, this is not a documentary. This is not a lecture. You know, this is entertainment. So we're going to entertain through a powerful story. We're going to entertain through music. And we're also going to entertain with humor. So I thought, well, if we can add humor to this, I mean, this would really, really make this. So work. how did you add humor to it then? Well, after you, the after the reading, then Barter gives you a year to work on the script. Okay. And then uh, the next year at the Festival of Plays and Playwrights, it was selected for what's called a mini series, mm-hmm. and they do six shows. Yes. And then, if that works out well, then they were going to do a stage two production. And then, if that worked out well, they were going to do they were going to open the two thousand and three season with it. So that gave me a year to work on the script. Now, I always thought that Barter would say, "Well, you know, from you know from your initial script, uh, well, we liked this, we didn't like this, but they never would. Uh, they kind of left it completely up to me. So I had to think about, you know, really, you know, what I wanted to put in there. And so that gave me a year to really work on the script. And then um, we had the mini production, which was very successful. And we had the, 
you know, we had the stage two production and then it opened the season at 2003 and it's just, you know, very, very successful play. But I'll tell you one funny story. The very first show of the mini production, the mini series, um, you know, it was the very, very, very first performance of Keep on the Sunny Side. And, um, you know, com compared to what it became, you know, it was a little rough, quite frankly. But uh, I was there with my whole family. Okay. My wife, Hope, and my two sons, Austin and Tanner. Tanner was seven years old. Well, while this play was going around, on, he was getting on my lap. He was getting off my lap. He was looking at the people behind us. He was asking me over and over again, is it over? Is it over? Is it over? <laughs> and, yeah. you know, when it finally was yeah. over and, you know, the, the audience loved it. Loved it. Uh, they, a standing ovation. Tanner turned to me and he said, don't ever write a movie like that again. Amen. No, I could just. He's seven years old. Seven right? years old. Yeah, well, we. But now, of course, yeah. now he's 27 years no. old. And yeah. you know, he's he, come he to really appreciate he appreciates you know, that. what it is. So, yeah. so you have how many children do you have? You have uh, well, I've got, Hope and I have two children, and, and I have two boys also from previous so, years. So you, four boys. And you have grandchildren, do you? Or? Uh, two grandchildren, yeah. two little girls who are four and two, and they are Absolutely. born. On the same day, two years apart. My goodness. Their same birthday. Doug Poet, writer, and man, we're going to talk about your radio show that we have. Your knowledge of music is vast, and I certainly appreciate that. And I'm still wrapping my head around this uh, Keep on the Sunny Side because, and then Eugene Wolf, you know, and like I say, I had been in touch uh, with uh, Jeanette, and I went to Skip, and then when I saw it, the depth of it, and you captured it, and then the humor was there, but also the struggle was there, and that uh, the struggle and humor go together in many ways, as you know. Yeah. Well, and, uh, what I'll tell you is, I mean, honestly, when I first thought about the play, honestly, I was just thinking about the music. Yeah. You know, I wanted people to hear the music and love it the way I did. Okay. I mean, I thought to myself, uh, well, you know, I grew up in Massachusetts. Right. I knew nothing about mm -hmm. this music. But mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. So it must have very broad appeal. Mm -hmm. But along the way, we found a very, very powerful story. And then, of course, you know, that's basically that's AP meeting Sarah, mm -hmm. them, you know, going to Bristol and starting their music Absolutely. career, and then, yeah. of course, breaking up, but continuing to work together. And, you know, and AP loving Sarah. All, all his life. All and did. so the story of Keep on the Sunny Side ultimately is the same as George Jones' song, He Stopped Loving, Loving Her, Her Today. Today. Yes. Which, Which of course, is me. a very powerful, you know, and, oh. and I've heard mm -hmm. someone say about that song, you know, when it was first proposed, they said, no, this will never sell. It's too darn sad. But obviously it did sell, and it's not too darn sad, but it is powerful. Well, and, and that is a lot of the power of Keep on the Sunny Side, is the love between A.P. and Sarah, and particularly the way he loved her until the day he died. He stopped loving her today. I have a poem 
mm-hmm. Wild Bill, which I must say is fairly popular. And it's about my brother-in-law who came down out of the mountains and drove a truck. And I was with him when he took his last breath. And I said, Bill, is there anything we can do for you? He was in intensive care. And he said, Henry, I give it a good shot, but I ain't going to make it. Could you put on some George Jones? <laughs> yeah. And I put on He Stopped Loving Her Today and uh, Monitor Flatlined and Wild Bill took off for the wild great beyond so i can certainly relate to that and tie that together and that's yes that he always loved her of course we know the story of sarah going on and and um remarrying and going out west and and Mm -hmm. uh, the whole bit and all all those stories together and ralph peer too you know the the whole story of the big bang that was 1927 when they came across right to uh to record and we capture all that and keep on the sunny side Talk a little uh, bit, Eugene Wolf, and then the, yeah, yeah, yeah a couple Eugene. Of players. I mean, that's another thing. I mean, that I've come to appreciate more and more is how important mm-hmm. casting is mm-hmm. to a movie or a play. Mm-hmm. And you know, not to take anything away from the many amazing actors who have performed in Keep on the Sunny Side, including Teresa Williams, who was the original Sarah, mm-hmm. uh, Gil Braswell, who was just Absolutely. fabulous as Dr. Brinkley. Uh, but, you know, really, Eugene Wolfe is the person that really made that play as A.P. Carter. And, um, you know, the very, very first performance, uh, well, uh, the opening at, at stage two, you know, that very powerful scene where Jeanette, you know, makes her promise to A.P. just before he dies to carry on his work. And, I mean, everyone in the place was was crying. And then after the show was over, the press came up to Jeanette, you know, what did you think about the play? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she said, it was like having my daddy back for a few hours. And my mother, too. How about that? And, of course, Jeanette, before she died in 2006, Mm -hmm. she saw the play over 20 times. We've performed it up at the fold, Mm -hmm. um, you know, numerous times. And so, you know, when the family really embraces your work, I mean, it just Mm -hmm. means so much. So well, the whole Carter you, Fold. Can yes. I give you the dates? That, well, uh, uh, we can. Yes, and folks, now this is one that we will do reruns on, but we're going to make an exception here. We're going to go ahead and put this out here because it's coming up quite soon. Go for it. Yeah, uh, it, Keep on the Sunny Side will be at Barter Theater April 22nd to May 20th. There will also be two shows at the Carter Fold, which will be April 26th and May 21st. And then also uh, this year, Keep on the Sunny Side is at Swift Mill Creek Theater in Richmond, and that's from March 31st to May 6th. So I'm very excited that, I mean, this is a play that, you know, like I said, it just seems to have magic. I mean, the other two plays I wrote, I mean, were popular. The critics liked them. uh, People liked them. But Keep on the Sunny Side is the one that people really remember. Well, and the other two were very good also. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they were great. Yeah. yeah ta- those but, other two, name those again. That, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Man of Constant Sorrow mm-hmm. about Ralph and Carter Stanley. Mm-hmm, I saw that. And uh, America's Blue Yodeler about Jimmy, Jimmy Rogers. Rogers. Yeah, and the Jimmy Rogers play has actually been done in Meridian, Mississippi, 
twice yep. as part of the Jimmy Rogers Festival that is down there yeah. every year. Yeah, and he came over the, with the Carters, you know, from Asheville mm-hmm. and recorded there with Ralph Peer, and we know that story so well. God mm-hmm. is gracious, and I was so privileged. As, uh, you mentioned Massachusetts. And my last name is McCarthy. That's Boston Irish as you can get. My dad grew <laughs> up on the streets there. Folks have heard this story. He met my mom at a train station. She is from Roan Mountain. Uh, there in Johnson City, Tennessee. And that's how I got this McCarthy name, folks. But I'm actually a Buchanan and a Honeycutt, too. And and Doug knows the Carters, and I know the Carters, and God love us all. So, Doug, want to talk about now. Thank you so much for talking about that. We're definitely going to take that show in. I'm sure it will be coming back for many years to come. What are you doing now at WEHC 90.7? Talk a little bit about your radio show that you do up here now. And you're sitting across the front of me right now, and we're talking. Yep. Uh, well, uh, yes, I'm very happy to have a show for the last couple of years here on WEHC uh, called Soundtracks. And on Soundtracks, we play songs from a different movie every week. And this was actually my wife's idea. And um, we've, done, um, we've done Dirty Dancing, we've done Top Gun, we've done Forrest Gump. And this gives us the opportunity to just play all kinds of music. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we'd like to kind of tell the story of the movie a little bit if it's one that people have seen, play the music. And, you know, my thing, whether it's writing a play or a radio show, is, you know, I like the music to tell the story as mm-hmm. much as possible. Mm-hmm. And so that's why in soundtracks, you know, we pick, uh, we pick movies that, you know, have great songs. And, you know, any kind of, any kind of music you want to do, uh, you can probably find a, muse, a movie. Which well, is a great show, and I love listening to it. And I stream it. You know, okay. I go so far back. I didn't know what streaming was when I started this show. Yeah. True story. This has been, what, 13, 14 years ago. And I just I stream your show, and it is so. And when are you on now? And I know these dates get a little bit yeah. changed uh, around. Soundtracks is on Tuesday nights at 7 and Friday nights at 8. And yes. I'm glad you mentioned that streaming uh, because, um, you know, Anywhere there's internet, you can actually listen to WEHC. You can listen to your show, uh, Mm -hmm. Henry, and you can listen to my show. And my brother in Japan actually listens to soundtracks. And my sister in Massachusetts listens Absolutely. to Absolutely, and we get you, we're going to so. get you on podcast. And, you know, we're also, my shows are archived at Chapel mm-hmm. Hill, and I've probably bragged about that many times. I couldn't have gotten in the back door of Chapel Hill, but they do have my collection <laughs> down there. So, Doug, gosh, it's been a pleasure having you on here today and to know your depth. What are you working on now? Are you working on another play or music? or what are you? What well, are you right to? now I'm pretty much... Um, Working on uh, the radio show. Okay. And I've got a couple good shows coming up. Actually, I'm going to be doing a show about Keep on the Sunny Side, where we sort of talk the story and play Carter family songs. Absolutely. So I hope people like that. And then in a couple weeks, I'm going to be doing one on baseball. Oh, my goodness. we're doing songs from three different baseball movies, Bull Durham, Major League, and Fever Pitch. Put me in, Coach. Put me in, Coach, baby. Exactly. I'm a baseball fan, and Bull Durham is, oh, my Lord have mercy. I'm all over Facebook. I was just yesterday, I was at Wake Forest. They're number four in the nation watching baseball. Then Abingdon High School, they have some great baseball. Well, I grew up, uh, of course, in Massachusetts. I grew up a Red Sox fan, and I went to opening day, Fenway Park. Uh, 1960. I saw Ted Williams hit a home run, and uh, I saw Roger Maris hit his first two home runs as a Yankee. My, now that's some history right there, and yeah. the the Green Monster there, that little oh yeah, uh, left field is it? Green left field, Monster, it's yeah. Left okay, field, yep. 
Green Monster. Doug Pote. Thank well, you. For, th- hey, thanks for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for being on the show today. And this is Henry McCarthy saying, do not wait up for me. Do not be afraid to stay or steal away. I'm going out to write a poem and watch the children play. Thank you so much. Dark and the troubled side of life. There's a bright and a sunny side too. So we meet with the darkness and strife. This sunny side we also Side of life, it will help us every day.